music. It can nourish both the mind and the soul. It brings light to darkness and healing to pain. Music challenges, it excites and it inspires. It fuels the energy for revolution and becomes an anthem of change. Music is the tones of justice. Strong Jewel from I Am From Radio, and you are now tuning into Tones of Justice with myself and my good sister Greta McLean from Silent No Longer. How are you doing, Greta? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Good. All right. So, I firstly, I hope everybody out there is doing well. Everyone is staying strong, you know, with everything that is going on around us. And if you've lost any loved ones, once again, we send all our love, strength, comfort, and prayers out to you. Um, and just all I can say is just remember energy never dies, it multiplies. Um, so, just remember they are around you. They might not physically be here, but they are around you, guiding and protecting you. Um, so, today we are going to be covering more subjects on the tones of justice and all current events which are currently happening. Um, so what I want to say as well is if anybody is interested in coming on here on this, on an episode of this show with us, if you can just contact myself, um, Strong Jewel, or you contact uh, Greta McLean on Facebook, um, just send us a direct message or, or an email, which we'll give you at the end of this uh, broadcast. Um, and then we'll be happy to, to bring you on and you can actually be on here live with us. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Greta now. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you stay tuned for the show. And um, yeah, you, uh, you know, get involved with everything that we're speaking of. Iron Throne Radio, the best in independent and alternative music. Find us on Facebook and YouTube. Last week, we talked about a lot of things. Um, and but we focused mainly on the insurrection at the state capitol. And since that time, we've learned a lot of new information, including the Justice Department and police departments around the country have received what they're calling credible threats of violence at a lot of the state capitals around the country. So far, thankfully, that has not happened. Uh, the threats were for the weekend, so hopefully we won't have any problems. And we've already lost six lives. We certainly don't want to lose any more. Um, another unnerving part, at least for me, is the fact that there have been several law enforcement officers that have been arrested for participating in the insurrection. Um, we've got two in Virginia, uh, several Capitol Police officers, also officers from Washington State, California, and Texas have all been arrested on charges. Uh, the New York Police Department and Fire Department, uh, they have sent an unknown number um, of people to the Justice Department to be investigated because they have reason to believe that quite a few of the FDNY and NYPD officers were at the Capitol and participated. That is, to me at least, very concerning. It's not unheard of by any stretch of the imagination that law enforcement would be involved in this thing, but it's still, it's still scary. And I know, Strong Jewel, last week we talked about how um, radical extremists uh, involved in white supremacy movements and your, just your everyday run-of-the-mill racist um, has seemed to come out of the shadows uh, quite a bit as of the last four years, and they appear to be a lot more emboldened and proud actually to show their their racism um, since 45 has taken office and you also talked about 
um, your lack of trust in law enforcement and how you believe racism is a big problem within law enforcement. And from what we're hearing, it seems to be definitely true. Um, do you find it surprising? I think I know the answer to this, but do you find it surprising to know that that many um, police officers took part in an attempt to overthrow the election? Um, no, sadly, I don't. I really don't. I'm not surprised at all. Uh, actually, before you told me, I already, I already in my mind was like, I know a lot of that was law enforcement, um, and it comes down to the fact of what I said about how a lot of law, a lot of the law enforcement, whether we know it or not, are actually uh, radical. They're KKK per se. That's the best way I can put it. And you telling me what you've told me about, you know, what has come out now about it um, is just confirming that. It's just confirming it, you know, in in a whole sense of the word. And it's like, that's another reason why, because if we if we take it back to when, when um, you know, RIP George Floyd and everyone else that lost their lives and when we were, when Black Lives Matter, we were, we were marching, when we went to the Capitol, you already saw the riot police were all around the fence. There was no way no one's getting in. So evidently when they did, when they, when they, when they raided, stormed, you know, um, stormed the Capitol the way that they did, um, you know, uh, the White House, where was the law, the fact that there was no law enforcement there and they, and they already had, they were, they were already tipped off that it was going to happen. That to me says that law enforcement already knew what it was and half of them were involved, hence why there was no one there, you know, to protect it. So that's, that's my opinion. Sadly, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I, in my mind. I, I agree. Absolutely. And not only law enforcement, now there's the potential that there were actually uh, members of Congress that right. were involved as far as, you know, very odd um, groups being given tours the day before, right. um, which had not been happening for months and months since COVID. There hadn't been any tours in the Capitol because of the pandemic. Right. But the day before, all of a sudden there's all these tours. And that's, you know, very concerning. Um, do you believe that part of the rise in or the seemingly accept acceptance of expressing racist views and, and xenophobic views uh, has been part of because the fact that 45 has been so quiet about it? Um, and do you believe that it's helped to radicalize some of these people to the point that they are willing to try to overthrow an election or the government? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I think, I think, yeah. The, I mean, my answer is yes. I think it definitely has has had a much more profound um, effect on the situation and hence why it is the way that it is now. Like, yes, I do. Because, yeah, definitely. It's okay. I was just gonna say, cause it's always, you know, the, the whole racism, radicalization, that's always been, it's always been there. For me, I've always seen it in the police force. I've already seen, uh, I've seen it in the government. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, that, that definitely has attributed uh, to it, to the point that it's at now. Mm -hmm. yeah, when you have somebody in power, like the President of the United States, talking about, you know, using dog whistles and talking about when they're talking about, you know, the violence in Charlottesville back in 2017, talking about there were good people on both sides, 
um, it's kind of hard not to believe that hearing basically supposedly the leader of the free world saying that you know racism and white supremacy and and neo-nazi activity is okay and that they're good people i don't see how it can't lead to radicalization um you know you hear this stuff enough and you're told by somebody who's who's in the highest office in the land say that you know it's okay most people just human nature are going to push it to extremes because they think that it's acceptable um now i'm not going to say that there were not stone cold racists uh in the department when i was there um luckily it and it very easily could have been because they knew better than to show that side and you know in front of me i don't know luckily i didn't hear anybody using using racial slurs because that would not have been acceptable at all and i would have called them out and reported them in a heartbeat uh and i never saw you know any officers abusing someone verbally or physically of color not again i'm not saying that it didn't happen by any stretch and you know i left the department 20 years ago so a whole lot has changed obviously just in the four years right. um and then the xenophobia has grown in the last 20 years for sure um but i wish i could say that i hadn't seen that in some of my friends um because i have and it's it's made me sad because i've had to lose friends because of it um and it didn't just start with with 45 it started as soon as president obama was elected um i saw some of my friends who i had never in my life heard say a racist thing are all of a sudden you know making horribly racist comments and showing absolutely no regard for immigrant for the immigrant children that were you know yanked out of their parents arms and put in cages and you know they're they're saying all this horrible stuff yet they're still posting you know the the their daily bible verses on facebook and it's like such hypocrites but they felt emboldened to all of a sudden start showing uh their racism and again like i said they're they're no longer friends but and i and i mention it because even though the seeds of racism was clearly there um i can't help but believe that all the alternative facts that we've heard the last four years and again his rhetoric you know talking stand back and stand by you know using the proud boys you know phrase and and again not condemning charlottesville and and using all the the dog whistles and stuff that 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 gives people a reason to think that that it's definitely okay and you know i live in the south so sadly racism you know i kind of expected some down here um but i'm wondering are you seeing the same rise because we're seeing a lot more activity as far as a lot of the white supremacist groups all throughout tennessee are you seeing the same thing up in your area up north uh as far as them becoming more visible and more violent or radicalized um that one's 
quite hard for me to answer because I, I'm so busy because I stay a, a busy so I only really I get to watch the news you know obviously when I come home but on a whole as being outside and witnessing stuff I don't really see too much because like I said I'm literally traveling traveling or you know on the public transport to work and coming back um but I would definitely from what I can see on the in what I see on the internet what I see um I would say I would say yes my answer would be yes just from what I'm what I'm seeing people post and yeah and you know certain things going down in stores with people just you know yeah <clears throat> excuse me like I said we we see it down here I mean Pulaski Tennessee which is a little less than an hour south of of Nashville where I live it's the birthplace of the Klan right. so you kind of expect maybe issues but I haven't seen the blatant organi you know organized people coming out and and proudly showing their racism since probably early 70s mid 70s back when the Klan was still march every so often in in downtown through downtown nashville i haven't seen it um and i'm not saying that it being hidden is a good thing right. but you tend to believe that if people don't want others to know about their deep-seated racism they're probably less likely to act on it right. um i don't know your thoughts on that but um there's definitely a lot more going on i mean we had right along the georgia border not earlier late spring i guess there there were issues we had just a couple months after charlottesville we had league of the south and a few others hold a hold a rally in shelbyville we have white supremacist groups come together for a convention at montgomery bell state park every single year um, we have different groups come and have picnics at, at Henry Horton Park. So it's it's sadly something that you kind of are used to here, but it definitely seems, like you were saying, seeing it on the Internet and on the news, that it is spreading all over the country. Definitely, because it, it ha it's a, like a cascading effect, isn't it? Like once, you know, once you see it to the capacity, to the extent that we saw it happen, it's just a after that it's it's like a it's like a cascading domino effect like it just yeah and it's sad but you know and that's why i say like as much as as much as um you know as much as technology is great especially like the internet because people can keep, keep in contact with each other now you know we are seeing when like police brutality happens it's opened people's eyes up all, the, all that was hidden has come forth and and it's great for all that but then on the other aspect, when something like what just happened at the Capitol and other incidents in uh, white supremacist incidents before that, it just it makes them feel more powerful, too. So it has the flip side effect where they're concerned and they feel more powerful because, yeah, you know, more people are seeing us. And, you know, so. and going back to what we were talking about just a little bit ago about it in law enforcement, I saw yesterday or yesterday or Friday um, that law enforcement today and an and online magazine for, for law enforcement um, posted about, and I, and I don't recall her name, but a member of Congress who went on this rant about 
how the election was stolen and about, you know, all the, the voter fraud. And it's like, okay, we know that's not true. Right. But she's still going to spout it. And why would a law enforcement online magazine be posting something like that unless they're trying to continue to spread disinformation? And it just infuriated me. I mean, like I said last week, I, w I was a police officer. My dad was a police officer. And for them to be basically putting that up there that could potentially radicalize officers who aren't already is just, it, it's, it's unacceptable. And it's irresponsible in my opinion. I mean, what do you think? No, I agree. I totally agree with you 100%, without a shadow of a doubt. Because like I said, once she's done that and it's all over the internet, it's, again, you know, it's empowering people. When they're hearing that, it's empowering more people um, you know, to think the same way that she is and to act the same way that these terrorists, because that's what they are, um, are acting. Yeah. One of the other things that, that we talked about last week and is a big theme um, for Tones of Justice is we talked about how important music is mm -hmm. uh, to social justice movement. And there was an article I read earlier this week, because I'm a nerd, um, in Psychology Today, and it talked about just that, how um, music is used f for a variety of things, but it talked about how music has the ability to elicit very, very strong responses and emotions and how white supremacy groups and um, terrorist, terrorist organizations like ISIS and Al-Qaeda and stuff use music, especially music with very explicit and violent um, lyrics to, as part of their propaganda, to radicalize people. Um, and talked about how if you have a good hook or a good beat how, you know, it makes people, because we know how we, you know, we are, we hear something really good, you know, we listen to it over and over and over, and how the reason that they try to get pop, incorporated into some popular music type beats is so people will listen to it over and over, and even if they aren't really paying attention to the lyrics, the messaging still seeps in. And it kind of gets into their psyche, and they become radicalized without even really knowing it. Um, and I'm sure the same thing with all the lies. You know, you hear fake news and all this crap all the time. You're going to maybe, maybe start believing it. But my thought is, well, why don't we start doing the same thing with peaceful, empowering-type music? If we can get more people... Like I said, I know you deal with a lot of, of independent artists, but if we could get the, quote, mainstream artists to put out more talking about social justice issues and how this isn't okay and, and talking peace and love and we're all, we all bleed red, you know? We're all human beings. We all come from the same creator. So... If we could do that, maybe we could start de-radicalizing these people. I mean, there's always going to be hate, sadly. That's yeah. Life. But, you know, maybe maybe it would work. Um, I want you to, to give your thoughts 
on that idea as well. But I also, um, talking about beats, there's one of my favorites is um, Are We Rising by, uh, sorry, Tiana Asali. And to me, it has a very addictive beat. I, I really, really like it. Um, and Strong Jewel has a, has a short one-minute clip of it that I think she'll play after, after she gives her opinion. But it's, one of, it's an example of something that you could get really addicted to and you start getting positive messages as opposed to all the hate. Right. And you know what, it's really funny and it's really uncanny that you just said what you said in relation to um, music and if we could get, if we could get, you know, these stars per se to, you know, make more positive, uh, uplifting music, then, you know, maybe that could have a possible effect on, you know, on, uh, how can I say it, yeah, turning people's thoughts and actions around, you know, to, to um, de-escalate what is happening, you know, on the other side. And you know why? You know why I smile when you said it. I've been saying that since two thousand and since two thousand and nine. I've been saying that. I've been saying it, and I've been saying it, and I've been saying it. And you know, the thing is, the one thing I've learned in this industry is it. Even if they do make that music, the record label executives are the ones who get the say on what music goes out. So a lot of the time, and I get chills while I say it. The reason why music like that is not pushed is because they those people at the top of those labels they already know what they're doing they already know what they're doing and and it's all i mean you have to really get into it but it's it's all yeah it's all a part of um the bigger picture if you really check out the bigger picture of um how deep this um uh, white supremacy um capital you know, the whole Put it all to, it's it goes a lot deeper than just what we're discussing it goes a lot deeper than than the attack on the on the white house it, it's a lot deeper than that um the whole thing with profit over people yeah that's it mm -hmm. yeah. they yeah, want to i'm sorry go ahead please yeah no you said it yeah it's profit over people and they would rather they would rather destroy the people and make more money than uplift the people and how, they don't even know that they wouldn't make as much money though. That's the thing because they haven't tried it. Right. They haven't tried it because, you know, the way they see it is, okay, you know, if you're out there and you're degrading women or you're talking about, um, I don't know, like the KKK or stuff, yeah, we're gonna, we, we're gonna put that out there. Like, yeah, we're gonna, you know, put that out there because it's gonna make us a lot of money. And at the same time, they know what it's doing. And they know that subconsciously, subconsciously, it's affecting the minds, not just of the youth, but of some older people too, older people that are sheep, let's say, because a lot of people are sheep, they follow. They follow what trends are, they follow what they feel is the norm or what they see stars doing or, you know, and um, it's, it's, it's very deep, it's very, very deep. And I, it goes as deep as to say, if I had a child, there's certain celebrities, I don't take nothing away from them, but I wouldn't even allow my child to even listen to that music. I know when children get to a certain age, you can't control it. When they go to school, you, you don't know what the, what they're listening to with their friends. But yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I wish that there would be a lot more um, uplifting, positive music out there that is uh, speaking on, topics at hand but I will say this since COVID um and since sadly and it's since 
you know, George Floyd and I mean come on man all the people before him all the people after him look we just see the other day they just I can't remember what area it was they just killed a man his family called because he had some mental issues and they wanted a mental awareness check they sent the police they knocked the door when they knocked the door he came out he put his hands up and they shot him three times and killed him in front of his family like Sorry, I'm going off on one, but yeah, it's just, but the music has, you know, I'm seeing a lot more independent, I would say a lot more independent people, uh, artists are coming forward and making uh, music tones of for tones of justice, I would say, because it, it's got that correlation that we were speaking about last week and what we're speaking about now. Um, but I myself, yeah, I would like to see it more. I see it more with the stars on terms of racism, um, but it kind of, it, it, it kind of stops there. It doesn't, doesn't, you know, it doesn't go as far as it should go, in essence. Because let's not get it twisted, the racism is a massive, massive problem. Like, it's humongous. And that's been going on for, what, uh, over 400, 500 years. Um, but at least that is a step in the right direction. But yeah, I agree with you. We need, we need, we need the mainstream people. And another thing I say is they have, it's not just making the music, they're platforms. They have, like, 70 million people following them, some of them, or 150 million people. Why are they not why are they not saying anything on their platforms? Why? But yet again, you know why? Because the labels control them. That is why. And if we if we want to get really deep, um, look at Michael Jackson, RIP, look at Prince, all the artists that speak up on on, on social issues, something ends up happening, we end up losing them. And I'm gonna leave that there because that's a whole nother topic. Um, but yeah, uh, shall I play? I think I should, I should go and play the track now, unless there was something else you wanted to say, Greta, before I do. I was just going to say, talking about the, the, the producers and the, the company, you know, music companies and stuff, all they have to do is look back at the 60s. Right. If, I mean, think some, some of the most popular artists, you, you've got, um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. You had Peter, Paul, and Mary. You had um, Dil. Uh, was it Bob Dylan? I think yeah, the one you can hardly understand sometimes. Um, I mean, you had all these people that all they were doing was social conscious, socially conscious issues or music, and they were the they were the stars. And right. it's like it it could be the same thing. And like you were talking about, as far as, as racism, yes, they're coming around now because there is such a, a public outcry. You know, you have major corporations that are actually doing something. You see, you know, colleges, you know, and, and, and sports teams, you know, wearing their, you know, the universities are letting them wear messaging on their jerseys now, which is excellent i'm glad of that we need as much of that positive message as we can get but you know music like I said it elicits so much emotion and can do so so much good if they would just do it and things surrounding let's say gen any type of gender bias right. the chances honestly and i know this is cynical but the chances of them actually addressing that is probably so slim because the vast majority are going to be in the big companies are going to be white men and they don't care that we're being sexually harassed. You know, probably some of them are 
pros at sexually harassing women, and they don't want to address it because the spotlight will be turned on them, you know? And it's just infuriating that they they want you to buy their product, but they don't want to be responsible with their product. And I'll leave it at that, and you can play or I'll respond. Play. Yeah, okay, I'm going to play the track. about all current issues and with a don't be and this is what I've said before as well because from my from my experience as well especially doing um socially conscious music from like 2009 um and, and I see it a, a lot of going to independent shows and that I've seen it a lot when when someone comes on the stage and they start doing like a socially conscious song if you if they don't have like an upbeat beat to it and it doesn't have kind of an upbeat flow you literally people I've seen people walk out when the people are on the stage do you see what I'm saying so I've always said to artists well, make sure you get a good beat. You can make socially conscious music that people can dance to in a club. Like you really can. It's all about just picking the right beat, get the content, obviously, and just the flow. And just like that, that shows you could play that in a club and everyone would be going, da -da 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 -da, you know, dancing away. Yeah. yeah, I agree a thousand percent that that's, yeah, you can play that in a club. And people may not even be paying attention, again, to the words, but right. eventually they, they go to the club, they hear it enough, it's going to start sinking in. And right. I think that's what we need to do. And kudos to you and to Iron Throne Radio and all the independent artists who are very possibly leaving a lot of money on the table because they do want to be responsible. They do care about the country and the world. And they want to see, you know, they want to see justice. They want to see us get along as opposed to at each other's throats all the time. And, you know, you've got to applaud them for their courage and their convictions because they work so hard at their craft. And they're probably, like you were saying, they're not going to get a big contract from a major record company because of the type of music that they do. But the messaging and trying to do good and their craft is more important than a big bucks. And I just admire the hell out of them for, for sticking with that and doing what they do. Um, definitely. You know, I could, I could really, there's so many artists. I'm going to shout out one artist who is, um, 
she's already been recognized by Jay-Z, Beyonce, you know, I think she's actually, I think uh, Rock Nation, which is Jay-Z's label, um, is backing her. I don't think she's signed, she's still independent, but her name is Neelam. She's like a Christian convert Muslim. Uh, she converted to Muslim. And she is singing about, she sings, everything that we're talking about, she sings about, um, not sings, right, she raps about. And she could have like, she could probably have 20 million followers by now selling out uh, arenas. But the reason she's not is because she's sticking to what is in our heart and activism, being socially conscious, social, socially aware. And, you know, she knows that strength is in numbers. Like it's all about us all coming together, no matter what color, creed, what your backgrounds are, you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Kudos to her. And there's many, there's others. Like that's just one that is at the top of the forefront with me, because like I said, she's, she has like half a million followers already, uh, but she already knows herself. It's a slow climb. It's like, you know, when I, when I started to make, um, you know, be a Muslim wearing the head wrap and making a uh, consciously aware, uh, conscious music, um, you know, so of, uh, you know, socially aware of the issues that are going on uh, in society I knew then, like, you know, I'm kind of in my own lane and she wasn't even around then. So it was like, I started it, but then she started to do her thing in like, I think it was 2017. And she said, you know, she saw, obviously was inspired by what she was seeing. And yeah, and it's, she's obviously lucky enough to have taken it to a next level because she has, you know, connects with the stars. So, you know, it's her, her lane has obviously gone a lot faster, but I knew back in 2009, like this, probably I'm never going to sell out arenas because it's just not, I don't want to be that type of artist that is making that music that's going to destroy the youth or destroy the people. You know, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is uplifting. And, and I do, I don't know if we have time because we probably still have a few more things to talk about, but I have a song that I recorded called FTP for the people fight the power. Now I did this in 2016. Um, and it's a classic example of what we're talking about. Uh, socially, uh, talking about social issues and this one's predominantly yeah about uh racism and social issues and um, but i did it on a dance beat and when people hear it they're like yeah it's a club banger but the message is crazy on it too so looking forward to it <laughs> um should i play it now or did you want to yeah okay so this is this is the track it's myself uh strong Joy. this is a it's ftp for the people Fight the power and I'm just I'm playing this just so if there's artists tuned in and, and people are tuned in just as an example you can make conscious social music just like the one we just played I'm sorry I forgot her name already um so yeah what you think of this are you ready Pressure bus pipes, but our pressure's consistent. 
for the rest of the show so um yeah that, that's just an example so of like i said making you know socially conscious aware music but uh, with a dance vibe like you could play that in a club somebody heard it they said you could perform that at the super bowl you know you could perform it on new year's eve you know in times square like and you know it's gonna keep people enthralled because of the beat and yeah that was amazing i, I love that in fact i want to steal that for a rally or something with your permission i think it's awesome um and i think that's a great way to end the show unless the, whatever you else you want to talk about but i think that is a great example that, yeah. of stuff that would that would sell if yeah. if the producers and companies would would let it um so thank you for sharing that that was that was incredible i loved it thank you appreciate it and um yeah i think i'm a, i agree with you i think that's a good note to finish off the episode thank you everybody for tuning in appreciate you being here um we will be back with you next next sunday we don't have a specific topic yet but sometimes it's fun to be surprised so we hope to see you then and thank you everybody from me as well myself strong jewel um, and uh, guys, please, um, if you can, if you want to hear more of the music that we've we've shared today, um, like I said, like um, like Greta has said, I have a whole plethora of artists that make the same uh, consciously socially aware music, um, which fits right into Tones of Justice. So just follow Iron Throne Radio on um, on Facebook, and you can also subscribe to Iron Throne Radio on YouTube, and you can follow Iron Throne Radio on Instagram as well. But listen, it's been a pleasure to be here again. Uh, thanks again to Greta for having me, and we're looking forward to coming back next week please stay safe stay positive stay productive stay pushing stay showing love it is strength in numbers it's all about unity and this is definitely the year of the turnaround it's all about putting out even with all the negativity it's about putting out as much positivity as we can because when we do that and we put it out into the atmosphere it will win you know what i'm saying so let's not let the negativity drag us down bye-bye everybody bye iron drone radio the best in independent and alternative music. Find us on Facebook and YouTube.